Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. <laughs> yes. Of um, San Levinson's new melodrama, uh, which uh, began streaming last Friday. Yeah. This, this, this past Friday. Um, yes. But I watched it before that and I reviewed it for the site. Yeah, you, um, you didn't say. <laughs> Can you give a rundown of what you said about this movie? No, I I feel like we need to before <laughs> yeah, because once I start talking about the movie, I'm not up. going. I'm going to get worked up. So what we need to do is calmly and soberly explain the like you know. Let's just give the basic setup of the movie. So well, first of all, let's introduce our, our stars of this movie, right? Right. The stars of the movie are Zendaya and John David Washington. Um, who, you know, most recently came off of uh, Christopher Nolan's Impenetrable Tenet. Yeah, your favorite uh, movie, right, of 2020. And uh, Zendaya actually, like Sam Levinson, wrote the script for Zendaya, who wanted to do something with the downtime that came from Euf- the, the, the production of Euphoria Season 2 being halted. Right. So... Sam Levinson more or less wrote the script in like a week and like the, the, the group of people like punched it up as they were finishing the movie. Right. And this movie is set stage. This is all staged right in Zendaya's house. If I'm reading that correctly from some of the background information, like this movie is mm. just you in Zendaya's house was in there and John David Washington. And these two people, Malcolm and Marie, the titular Malcolm and Marie, are, you know, they get home from a screening, basically, you know, an advanced, like, fancy critic screening where John, da- where, where Malcolm has premiered his movie, right? And right. You know, he's gotten some warm reception from critics, right? He's feeling himself. They get home. It's like one in the morning when they get home, you know. Malcolm starts drinking, but th- but there's a tension, right? You sort of Zendaya goes straight to the bathroom. She's pissed off about something. The first 20 minutes of this movie is, you know, the couple's thing of like, babe, what you mad about? What's good? What yeah, we like what's <laughs> going Like, you know, it, it's 10 minutes into the movie before you ask her how her night was. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the regular couple shit. Yeah. Um, you know, are you mad? I'm not mad. Uh, was it this? No, it wasn't that. That sort of like... Um, <laughs> like the uneasy jousting before the actual fight begins. Before right, uh, before right, exactly. Um, uh, and then like they just fight for an hour and forty six minutes. They, well, well, I mean, like there are all there are obviously some reprieves in there. Um, but 
Uh, what are they fighting about? Like, what's they're, the, fighting, I mean, they're fighting about a lot, but what's the central thing that they're fighting about? Yeah, the, I mean, the thing that they are supposedly fighting about is uh, Malcolm forgetting to thank Marie in his acceptance, his awards, whatever the speech was at the premiere. Yeah. He didn't thank her, despite her, you know, being there throughout the entire process and allegedly, be, I mean, like, and being the inspiration for uh, the film itself. Right. Uh, and, uh, but it's, you know, not necessarily about that. It's not that simple, as we find out. Right. They turn it into this broad, sprawling couples argument that's really about the relationship, but really about the dispositions, you know, and the pathologies of the two people in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, it turns into this marathon where you have little reprieves, people going get snacks at midway points in this argument. There's a lot of going to pee. Yeah. yeah. There's like, it's this just like, you know, it's pause, break, you know, let's go do something separately for a second and come back to each other. It's also like, you know, there's, uh, that's also how tension is created. Like, as they begin to reconcile or maybe that as things are suddenly not no longer like knocked down drag out and they're like you know having a good time together you know maybe even play fighting before they beat he goes to the bathroom and then it's just kind of like all right well what's gonna happen you know like what is the dis- what, like what is the mood gonna be when he comes back from the bathroom and you know it's gonna be something else that's gonna lead to another fight yeah Right. Um, and because the movie really is that straightforward, right? Like, I don't even think we have that much more to explain about the movie per se in terms of just articulating what it is. And so I do think we could at least talk a bit about the apparent real world sort of inspiration, right? Because it's basically like Sam Levinson supposedly makes this movie, like you said, um, based on his own experience of having i think this is like during the rollout for assassination nation right where he which came out in 2018 right where he gives some speech and he forgets to thank his wife right and apparently this is this movie is the product of sam levinson having thought for a long time um (laughs) about the fact that he forgot to thank his own wife in his own speech about his own movie Um, yeah which I don't, that's, I, I don't know whether that's admirable. Or, I don't know what the, I don't know. I don't even know what to make of that as an inspiration for something. I feel like I've seen critics sort of rolling their eyes at it, but I kind of get, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Um, I mean, like it's pedantic, man. It's, it's, it, it is, it is what it is. It's like a very, like it, it's the setup for the movie and really for him to like, exercise a bunch of you know guilt and insecurity about his craft honestly um yeah and speaking of craft though right it's sort of we've talked about the elements of this movie that are a couple arguing about their relationship fine but then the other half of this movie is John David Washington yelling about film about criticism. criticism. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm, it is, it feels irresponsible to pay too close attention to any of what was said, you know, outside of the relationship <laughs> stuff. Really? Just because of, I mean, like it just, because it is, I, I mean, 
We are two people who yell every week about criticism. I know. I, 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 I kind of want to give him some I've, credit. I mean, like, like, okay, that's that's that is that is absolutely fair, you know. But it goes on for so long in a film about the dissolution of a relationship, you know, like. We, there's nothing, there's no other, like, you know, thing on the billing above our show that suggests that we are going to do anything other than the Statler from Waldron thing about, you know, whatever the shit is this week. But, like, this movie is just like, you know, this isn't a story about love. I mean, this isn't a love story. It's a story about love was like the the, the trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you get 45 minutes of, uh, of, of, uh. Of Malcolm screaming about the white you know, lady at the LA, the Times. white lady at the LA Times. <laughs> yes, I mean there is. Uh, Levinson when he was talking about like writing the script was just like I wanted to make like Malcolm like he ex- he expresses that he didn't want to be Malcolm or wanted to make Malcolm like the most cartoonish version of like you know what this self-absorbed 30s writer director type of character might be yeah but i mean it is it is so exhausting you get worked up because that's the other thing that's but isn't that the he's okay so isn't that the other real life thing though is that it's the it's him beefing with a critic at the la times over the response to assassination nation right and that that infor- that supposedly informs the the half of the movie that's John David Washington as Malcolm wanting to have fun criticism. with the art, yeah. Like it's just kind of why does it have to be so academic, and why do there have to be so many ethics in it? And you know, while while it's like you know something to, like I understand, I get it, but. <laughs> I just find it annoying because it's just like I like the the like Takashi Miike talking about like I am not a man of principle like I have no <laughs> ethics. Stop asking me about it. Like it's just <laughs> uh, you, like it's just be one. It's like be on one side of it or the other. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Let's talk about the execution of this movie because you get worked up. And, okay, here's the thing. You, I was on vacation, right? Mm-hmm. And you texted me about this movie. And from the jump, you were just like, yo, just, just I just, watch I, well, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's like the reason that I'm like, like that I get so worked up about it is because it feels like you are like being suckered into taking this movie seriously. What made you, what made you feel suckered though? Because it definitely, it's a movie that takes itself very seriously. It is a movie that takes itself very seriously, but mm-hmm. like I, it's just like I, as a person watching it, could not take it seriously. But like in order to like, in order to like talk about it, you have to go into it. Well, I tell you what, is, can, can we maybe break it in half, right? Because roughly, okay. like I said, roughly, you have the half of the movie that's that's Malcolm and Marie arguing about their relationship. Right. right, and then you have the half that's the, that's John David Washington just sort of vamping about film criticism and filmmaking. So right. let's you know we could talk about the relationship stuff first, right? Sure, because I actually, I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. I am an argumentative person, and <laughs> but here, say. but here's the thing: I'm 33 right now, right? Uh huh. And and with that, 
naturally means is that however argumentative I am now, I am a healthier person now than I was at 23 or certainly at sure. 17, right? I am, I, I know, like, I, I don't think I've ever been as extreme as sort of aggy and animated <laughs> and just sort of bonkers, frankly, as John David Washington is in this movie. I mean, it's like he is got like, it's like I was thinking about uh, Nicholas Cage's interest on Wogan and like, 1990 yeah the like with the entire <laughs> time that I was but he was just like bouncing around on yeah. screen it's he just looks, like it's just this gangly shit where he just sort of i don't know i watched this movie and i thought about my own relationships i thought about my family i thought about my mom right mm-hmm. um i th- i like as an argumentative person i recognized even in the sort of extreme caricature who John David Washington is, why he is as annoying as he is in this movie, like what Sam Levinson is getting at with this character. Like this Mm -hmm. guy is just arguing to argue, right? He's trying to spit all this game and philosophy at Zendaya about like, well, actually how, you know, your low self-esteem, blah, blah, blah. And screw all that noise, right? It's like John David Washington is arguing because he gets off on arguing, right? And I'm just sitting there for the whole movie. And I I recognize that, like, I'm... In some ways, I felt like watching this movie, like, I was bringing meaning to it. But I was just sort of like... I don't know. The, fa- I, the fact that I could not stand Malcolm, right? That was enough to carry me because I just had this sense of there's even a line he says of like nothing. Actually, Zendaya says later in the movie of like, there's nothing that sells quite as effectively as disgust, right? Like you can really sort of motivate people with disgust. Sure. That's just what I felt the whole movie of of like, yo, this guy needs to sit down. I got to take a brief detour because you talking about you mentioning your mom made me think about my mom. And the fun fact is that she hated Ralph Fiennes. For like ten years after she saw some movie where he cheated on his wife, like that, the character that he was, the character that he was playing was so morally reprehensible to her that she hated him as a person in real life. Yeah, she didn't even hate he was in, <laughs> like for like a decade until she saw him in Skyfall save Judy Dench. And then he was, and then she was just like, yeah, all right, cool. Like, you know, Ralph Fiennes is cool with me. So like, I understand like the, the idea of being like, I dislike this person and that's going to carry me through like the entire movie. But like, and the thing is that like that, that's, that's, that would be like, that'd be fair if like, but it's just kind of like John David Washington's performance doesn't match up to that somehow. Like it's it's more annoying than it is like the kind of disgust that propels you through the movie, you know? Yeah, but I think that depends. Like to me, I just had this tension of like every every 10 minutes that would go by, I would just think to myself like, yo, I just don't know. Like this isn't the kind of argument I would have with my girlfriend now, right? Like my girlfriend and I are very different. And we just don't like. Again, I'm older. I'm wiser now. Yeah, you, but I, th- like, I thought like back. You mellow out as a as you know. What is what would be the point of living if you didn't let life change you? You know. Right, but I thought back through past relationships, and I was just every ten minutes I go, yo, I just don't know that I've ever, I don't know that I've ever dated a woman who wouldn't have slapped the shit out of me 
seven minutes into this argument. It's it really <laughs> like it's just kind of like I really think that there's just not a woman I know in real life that wouldn't tell me to shut up and go to bed. Like I just, it's, it's like there is, but I, while I, I mean, like, you know, I understand your, the whole, I see. So like, I'm disgusted by this because I recognize things that I don't like about myself in it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, there is that. But then after that, there is, the actual character that you're like seeing on screen, which is like, I'm again, it's like, John, like, although like I, you can't say that John David Washington isn't committing. There's like something that is like stiff and off about it that like makes it so that it, it, like, I don't, it, I just don't connect with it. Oh, I, stiff. I disagree with that. Cause I just think of the, even the moments where he's trying way too hard. Like I think of the one, it's certainly in the second half. He is doing some arguing in that. He's doing some bedroom arguing in that scene where he starts to appear to have an asthma attack. Where you're just like, "Yo, this is you are off the rails. Like this is too much. Uh, this is going yeah. on too long. This movie is too exhausting, right?" And and I don't know. It's sort of I, I definitely get feeling like he is doing something a little too strange. And a little too over the top, and a little too, frankly, a little too overwritten, right? This, especially with him. I well, think- yeah, it is like that. Like everything about it feels like you know, a page from a diary that became like you know, a page of a script with like minimal editing, which is like yes, that that like overwritten is is a good like word for it. So I mean, like his job was hard either way. Yeah, I still think Zendaya had the harder job. And it feels like it's kind of... She really benefits from the fact that she isn't overwritten in the same way that John David Washington is, right? She has to work with a lot more sort of... She she gets a lot more moments to go to her corner, you know, and just be lectured by John David Washington. Was she really needed... By the way, what, what Zendaya really needed was a corner coach, right? Because she needed somebody in there with <laughs> her... You got it. It's just like you should, yeah. It'd be like, listen, it's he. I, you cracked a rib. You got to go for that one. You got to yeah. go for the right. So it's just like you got to go back there. Don't. Yeah. It's just like stop trying to go for the head, like, and go his, for the body. His argument's not even fire. <laughs> they not even that fire. Fuck him up. That's what she needed. They should have just gone. Sam Levinson should have just gone full Chappelle. Like this should have been like a sketch, sketch logic. That just- would have been so incredible. Like that, I would have enjoyed that so much more. Because you know, there's a there's that there is um like a sort of brief moment right before the title, like right before the splash card or the the splash screen or the title card, whatever the fuck you call it. Um where he's like trying to get her attention she's like really trying not to engage while she's making the mac and cheese yeah like and it starts like the the rhythm of the of the editing starts to be like sort of scatty and then the jazz gets like really frenetic yeah and it almost feels like it's about to get super campy like well yeah like now we're gonna have this uh, old dude in a paper in a paper boy cap and like with a massive mustache come out of the bathroom and be like, "All right, champ, you know, got you pretty good there." But this is what's you know you're gonna talk about how to talk about his dad. 
do it. It's there. Yeah, I I do think that if it if it gone a little loopier, that might have worked better, frankly, than this sort yeah. of hyper realism of this. I, it's I just, just too the movie is so it's so it's too serious. Like I think it's just there's no. I mean, did you honestly enjoy watching it? I kind of. Did, but I kind of enjoyed it mostly through the lens of what I brought. To, like, the reason I brought up my mom before, right, is as much as what I was saying about relationships, where I was like, I just don't know that I've dated a woman who wouldn't have slapped the shit out of me seven minutes into this argument. I thought about my mom. And I know the thing in, in black comedy a lot of the time, right, is that like, oh, black black parents, like, you know, will slap the shit out of their kids or whatever. And, like, my mom is sort of a weird halfway point between being, like... um you know, when I was growing up, my mom was very like stern about stuff and I was argumentative. My mom wasn't having that. But also my mom herself is very argumentative. And I think on some frequency, my mom was my sensei, right? Like my mom knew how to sort of snap me, but she would take the argument with me. My mom would engage, right? And my mom and I would have these like marathon arguments that would persist through an entire day. And in uh-huh. retrospect, I sort of look at it as like, was this my mom training me like we're in a martial arts film to become <laughs> like the elite, you know what I mean? Like immortal, argumentative oh person God. that I it became, is, right? I mean... And that's the thing. It fe- as much as I... It's on, on some formal level, I'm like, yeah, you know, the argument at the heart... The, the way this argument in this movie plays out is too over the top. It's too protracted. But then I go to my real life and go, I've literally had arguments of this length and scale <laughs> with yeah, my own but mother. Then, I mean, but then there's like there, there are counter like there's a counterpoint literally in the movie for that, where he's just kind of like, your perspective doesn't matter, your experience doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that that happened to you in your real life. You do you did you actually want to watch something like it on screen without Me, like the embellishments and all, without like the surrealism and that, without the supernatural elements of like you know just you know corner coaches manifesting in the house suddenly yeah i didn't want to see two people to be cruel to each other well it wasn't even cruel to each it was really it it feels bad even calling it that because it it really is john david washington being cruel to zendaya yeah um and do i want to watch that no no the movie is a little too cruel yeah i mean like the yeah, I mean, like, that is really, like, when you're watching it, you're just kind of like, I mean, like, the things that he says just because, you know, they're in a fight are, like, things that you just don't say to somebody that is, like, supposed to be, like, your friend. <laughs> um, Like, the, like, degrading each other for what you do in bed. Like, that's, there's nothing, like, more that just feels like such a betrayal of, like, the trust that you've built. Like, there's such egregious betrayals of the trust that, like, you would have built up in a relationship of that kind. Yeah, yeah. Like, throughout the night. But it just doesn't seem like, you know, how is it? And Well, here's the thing to that point, though. There's, There's a point in the argument. And it's where it's where John David Washington starts cutting the deepest, where he starts saying things like, you know, when you relapsed, I was there. And when you when you went to rehab and did this, that and the third, I was there for you. And that was the part of the movie where I started going, eh, you're not the kind of guy who would have been there during like you can't really 
Like it, it, no, it doesn't like, fit the character that you would have been there in the way that you're saying that. And I just don't really buy that this kind of guy would have had that kind of commitment to and fortitude within this relationship. I don't buy it. That's I, that's where the movie really started to sort of strain belief, I thought. And there's like another hour after that. That's the thing. Like it's 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 a very it's a it is a really it is a marathon of a movie. But you didn't okay, even even the sense, right? Because the way the way you're talking about it, you're talking about like when you when you put it in terms of do you really want to watch that? To me, I think, well, there's it, what's the difference between oh, I don't really want to watch that because it's meh versus versus I don't want to watch that because it's too provocative. I can't handle the art, man. It's just, you know what I mean? Like part of me is because, like, like the, the, the difference between those two things yeah. is the fact that like, I am having to explain to you why I don't want to, why I don't like this movie. And it really, it can't just be that like, you know, I watched it and it wasn't for me. Like I didn't <laughs> like it. It's like, there is the things that I did not like about it. Like again, is like when you meeting this movie on its own terms means that you have to engage with all of its stuff about film criticism. This episode is brought to you by Seven Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about Seven Eleven's one dollar small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1-7-25. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Yeah, let's talk like, about that. Let's talk about the film criticism happening. So setting aside Zendaya and John David Washington arguing about drug addiction and their relationship and which one of them cheated and stuff like that. You have just this truly unhinged obsession that Malcolm has with litigating every word written about him by a professional film critic. And mm -hmm. like 
the main obsession in the movie is him just constantly going back to this white lady who works at the Los Angeles Times. There's a lot of <laughs> LARPing about identity in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's well, explain that a little bit. Cause it's and it's it's well it's okay. Malcolm who brings so, that to the movie. That it's obsession Malcolm who with- bring it's it's Malcolm who brings that to the movie. Um like basically characterizing uh like critics in general, like uh, he's talking about white critics. He's he's, he's talking, talking about, about white, critics, white yeah. critics, but like you know anybody that like forces like an overbearing ethical lens onto uh, art, yeah, uh, as it were, instead of like appraising it on like aesthetic terms, um, he has an issue with. And like such an issue he has that it like comes up contain like it's just like a okay you know <laughs> like as you're watching the movie like there's the 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 centerpiece of that is when he uh, actually the first review the thing is that he complains it's an hour I think into the movie before like he even sees a review. Yeah, and the way he sees it is so stupid because he clearly is refreshing the LA Times website for yeah. to for the review to pop up it's immediately. Just like, Yo, I after. bet you, I, I, you know, I, I bet you, you know, the she. It's just like such a like. I'm gonna go to this person's Instagram. I bet their life is stupid. Like yeah. sort of reaction, <laughs> <laughs> which. You know, it's kind of funny. Like when he's like the, the the sequence where he's screaming like, where the fuck is my phone? And she's just like, you know, did you check by? Did you check the nightstand? He's like, I'm just, I didn't. But, okay, I found it. She was like, where was he? He's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's like, that's those there. I'm not saying that there aren't things that like are funny or like good about like the movie, but the things that get in the way are just like the pedantry. Like it's there's so much of it. Well, it's and it's also the sense of momentum. I, I don't know. The, the the film criticism angle happens from the beginning, right? Because immediately after they get home from the premiere, he starts ranting about this LA Times critic who's who's at the screening and he's like, Oh, and they liked this, you know, they liked it, but I bet their I bet their reviews are gonna obsess over identity when really I wanted to write a story. And in the beginning of the movie, he's just talking shit about white critics. And he's saying shit that, like, I don't know. I don't think he's saying anything that you or I haven't thought before, necessarily. Sure. But it's sort of, in the beginning of the movie, you're just like, oh, this is just a conversation he's having. This is just sort of giving you a sense of his attitude and his insecurity. Okay, bet. Yeah. But then you, you think it's going to happen. Like, well, yeah, it's like, it feels like it's just like, oh, he's just bullshitting, walking around the living room, drinking because it's 2 a.m. and he got back from a premiere and then he's going to eat some mac and cheese and they're going to talk about something else. Right. But instead <laughs> you get an hour into this movie and by an hour into it, he's gone back to this well three other times. And you're just like, oh, he he's not going to stop talking about the Los Angeles Times for the duration of this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and part of me thought that the him complaining about white critics and him complaining about politicization of his art, I, I thought it at least was good on some level for informing how insecure his character is about 
everything and how as much shit he talks about critics, he does a lot of ranting and raving that's clearly about deflecting his insecurities onto other people, such as the LA Times critic and also Zendaya, right? But there's just so much of it. And you're just like, dog, we get it. We get what you're saying. White liberals are goofy sometimes in in scene. It's really like, it's something that honestly may not have had the chance to happen if there could be more actors or there could be a set change or there could be something something that takes the focus off of like these two characters uh just you know tearing into each other but there isn't right i will say i know you've said the thing about this movie really really just begging you to take it as seriously as it takes itself i do at least want to if i could just give the broad contour of what john david washington is saying just as a reality check to make sure i have Like, I have this straight. John David Washington's argument is that he is a black filmmaker and he just wants to tell stories, man. And yeah, he likes to watch political movies, but he doesn't like it when when his movies get reviewed. Critics sort of take the fact that he's black and say, oh, this movie is about black politics and a black filmmaker's political pronouncement about whatever institutions happen to be relevant to the plot of this movie or whatever. So he keeps making out the, the, you know, the fictional movie being premiered or that they, you know, they're coming back from the premiere from, right. It's about addiction and it's about, you know, the, the, the lead character in the movie, like goes through some shit. Right. And his anxiety is that, Oh, critics are going to see this and they're going to, they're going to be like, this is a movie about the healthcare industry in America. Right. That's what he's worried about. And I at least I do want to. It's like I get what he's worried about. That's a thing. That's a that's absolutely like a fair point, because like it's annoying. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, Cherry can't just be like a good novel. It has to be the first great novel of the opioid epidemic, you know? Right, Right. Right. There's it's there is definitely like the pressure to make things bigger than the personal stories that they are yeah um and i don't necessarily disagree you know i'm just saying that i didn't it's like it's like we were saying it's just there's just so much of it yeah i will say getting to since we're we're talking about the film criticism rants in the movie i feel like we can also talk about critical responses to this movie i feel like i I've read eye rolling, right? Of people being like, oh, well, John David Washington's character, right? Malcolm is clearly just an avatar for Sam Levinson. And I'll be real with you. I I don't think that that's a real insight. Like, I think it's self-evidently the case, right? Yeah. John David Washington is, is serving, that Malcolm is serving as a sort of proxy for Sam Levinson. I don't think it's beside the point, though, that it it's not like Malcolm is this delusional avatar where you're just like, oh, the director clearly thinks so much of himself. Malcolm is an idiot. He's like a piece of shit. Like it's very clear <laughs> that the the person who made this movie does not think highly. Highly, like yeah. he is. Yeah, I mean, he is. Malcolm is. Uh, yeah, like, I, I didn't like watch the movie. Child. No one's gonna watch the movie and and be under the impression that the director thought that Malcolm is right about literally anything. Which is why I don't really get some responses to the movie that are like, he clearly just made 
Malcolm to be a proxy for Sam Levinson himself. And it's like, well, yeah, but he he's a piece of shit. Like, I, I, to me, it counts for something that it is not exactly a self-flattering self-portrait here, right? It counts for something that Sam Levinson does not appear to be under any delusion about Malcolm being anything short of loud and wrong and inappropriate <laughs> in his argument with Zendaya, with Marie, rather. Um, I don't know. What does that count for? Or what does that not count for, right, in terms of... I mean, it, it like, I don't... It's just that if you... I mean, I think it's a good way to, like, kind of insulate yourself from criticism but also it just makes it so that like it's you can't hold on to anything in the movie then what is the if what is the what's being said or like what am i supposed to learn or am i just watching a movie because if i was watching a movie i didn't really enjoy myself yeah if i was and if it was if it was if you were trying to say something i didn't get it and if you it was it was muddled underneath too many different things and you know, it doesn't really matter to me what Levinson thinks of Malcolm as a character if I didn't enjoy watching him on screen. Yeah, I definitely, I think that's fair. I think, I don't know, I did like it as a portrait of a guy that no one should want to be in a relationship. Like, if you watch this movie well, sure. and you recognize even a tenth of yourself and how that guy is, <laughs> you know, it, it's that kind of discomfort, right? Where I, I don't know that there's a way to watch this movie and enjoy it or enjoy the John David Washington performance, but there is something to just how potently wrong, <laughs> just how, like the sheer concentration, right? The nuclear fusion of just wrongness in, <laughs> in Malcolm, right? Nothing he says or does in this movie is appropriate or charitable or admirable. It, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there is a potency there. It's just not the kind of potency that you want usually from a person who has to carry your movie or carry yeah. your story. Yeah. Um, I, unless you're in like a Martin Amos novel or something. I don't know. You're right. It's hard to watch. And yeah, it feels kind of obnoxious to say, well, that's the point. Right. And, and maybe that's just not enough, especially in a movie that's this self-contained. And, right and this protracted and thus if this it's just like if that was the if that right? was if that was if that was the aim then it should have been shorter like if you're gonna make that big like an or like the it's make it the weird arch horror relationship thing that it is but make it shorter like yeah. there just needed to be less of it if it was gonna be like that the point was discomfort yeah there there are definitely some stretches you that they could have cut right and just been like this is short for this is 40 minutes 40 I feel like at 40 minutes, yeah. It yes. I don't think you would have liked it more at 40 minutes. I think you still would. I don't know. To thine own self, charity, you know? I I I definitely wouldn't have liked it anyway. <laughs> I think it's just I I didn't like I probably wouldn't have liked it at 40 minutes. But I would have I would have had less to say about it necessarily at 40 minutes. I'm glad you brought the movie to my attention. I did think about us even a lot as I watched it. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought yeah. of the argumentative dynamic. The ar like, it is like... <laughs> How you come yeah. to know someone better through arguing with them. Even, and maybe especially when you're arguing about 
when you're just taking arguments to extremes when you that you clearly should not be going to um yeah uh, well i think it's more so that it's like really important how you fight with the person that you're going to be with yeah and like it's not really about like (laughs) i i don't think that it's supposed to be about like you know can i how far can i push this and you know can i be my ugliest possible self it's more so like you know like how you fight means like not saying those kinds of things to each other yeah and zendaya does explicitly say that right when she starts yeah. talking toward the end of the movie about like look you could have won this argument by saying like a tenth of what you said tonight but you said all that other shit and that's where you you really made me rethink this relationship right yeah. and, that, it, and you know i also think that's when the movie starts to bring in it, it starts to tie together the parts of the movie about the relationship and the parts of the movie about criticism, right? And it's sort of the mm-hmm. overarching theme. You know, this idea that like there's the there's the critical stuff you say because there's a point in there somewhere. And then yeah, there's the other shit. There's the stuff that's just kind of excessive and that you're just doing to be flashy and that's kind right. of superficial and is not really the truth that you're trying to get at, right? It's it's the stuff that you're doing that's over the line and over the top. Um and yeah, I don't know. Like there, there's some point in there, right? That you want to feel like a, a tidier movie could have made more of a potent point about criticism like as a love language, and then love yeah. itself as like yeah. similar things, right? Yeah, but it's just like is it it's it. Yes, if it was like you know, I don't know. Let's call it. 20% more focused. Like I might have been able to get that out of like if I like I you can see that it's like forming there, but like it doesn't exactly come home to that. Yeah. You know what though? This podcast But again, will it was like it was a week, you know. The sound only will always come home to that. We will never lose sight of the the argument that matters, the arguments that matter and the friends we made along the way. Nikki, wow. you not gonna respond to that? I mean, <laughs> that like, was I don't know. I was, I'm Come sorry. On, I, was, I was, I, I was, I was just taking it in. You know, that was that was deeper and more profound than I thought I was gonna get for like a closing sentiment from you. Um, you know, listeners, go watch Malcolm and Marie, or go watch as Bo- Micah. You said this right of like, well, I want to say also like you know. My former podcast co-host, Cam Austin Collins, um, reviewed Malcolm and Marie for Rolling Stone. He also mm-hmm. did not like this movie very much. <laughs> and yeah, he, the way he put it was just like, just watch the first 10 minutes of the movie and then you've basically... See if it sticks. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you... It's like, give it... If, you know, I would say go so far as to give it 15. No, and, give it to the title card. Yeah, which is about 15. Yeah, which is about 15. And, you know, it's so funny, by the way, that I'm the one who's come away warmer on this movie than you, because to me, I got 30 seconds into the movie and I saw executive producer Scott (laughs) Muscutty, executive producer Kid Cuddy. Now, hold up a minute. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, hell no. Yeah, I mean, it's it is very funny that you came away warmer on this, especially because it just seems like you would hate this movie so much more than me. I like why? But, what about me makes you say that though? I'm curious. I mean, it's just kind of like 
because of because of the same at the, just because of the same problems that I was having with it, more or less like the uh, just like the like I was saying before, just like the pedantry of it and all yeah. the stuff about the yeah. But you know, you also like forty year old version, and Matt didn't pass the fifteen minute test. Oh, today. you know, I it's I've again. You know, it just didn't, it, it just didn't. And there's a lot, there's so much, there's so much stuff. I think that, yeah, I think that movie has a, a execution and tone where it's like you telling me that you didn't like 40 year old version. I, I get it. Like mm -hmm. I get somebody, that's the kind of movie that I, I, if somebody can't accept that somebody didn't like that movie, that's weird on their part. Cause it is a, it's an odd movie. It's just an odd movie that leaves an odd taste and either you're into it or not. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess I'd say the same thing about Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. Listeners, email us about Malcolm and Marie or about Zendaya and John David Washington in general. Email us about Tenet, for instance, Euphoria at soundonlypod at gmail.com. Anything else you want to be emailed about this week? We get a lot of emails now. We get like a lot of like the GameStop the, episode. People the GameStop episode. People were it was people's GameStop memories are dark, but also nostalgic. Vivid. Yeah, darkly it's, nostalgic. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. This week I'm just watching like weird Australian and Korean movie. Like just kind of. I'm gonna Wait, watch each of these. Crocodile I'm gonna, Bundy. What you watching? Well, no, I mean, like, I'm going to watch Ichi the Killer after I get off of this, you know, um, just because I've been watching, like, a bunch of Mikkei films over the last couple of days. But, uh, I mean, like, if you if you want to, like, just, just email me about some of the strange stuff you're watching, because I know that people's stuff is getting even more niche right now. Yo, email me about Shin Megami Tensei 3 <laughs> Nocturne, which I have just finished playing email me about the persona yo you have no idea at this point how many people i have gotten to play either persona 5 or persona 4 uh i'm an influencer in the persona smt space at this point f with me <laughs> email me uh yeah we'll see y'all next week i'm justin charity and i'm micah peters we'll check y'all later This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.